0: Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this encouraging message. For more information on our church family, visit freechapel.org. Are you ready for the word this morning? Come on, let's do this. I'm excited. I'm I'm, I'm excited to preach. I'm always excited to preach, by the way. My family's from Louisiana. All right, they're Cajun. There is nothing. There's no other, you know, it's just fired up all the time. Whatever I do, I'm just fired up. People are like, what's wrong with you? I'm just fired up. Um, so I'm ready to go. So don't be, you know, don't get too nervous with me getting so fired up. It's going to be all right. Um, but we're going to learn something this morning. Uh, we're going to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1. The title of my talk today is Managing the Mystery. Managing the the mystery. First Corinthians 4, verse 1 says this. This is how you should regard us as servants of Christ Jesus and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required that stewards be found faithful. You will regard us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much. God, we just thank you for this moment. We thank you for this Valentine's Day in 2021. We bless every marriage. We bless every single person. We bless every friendship. We bless everybody that's in community. We bless anybody here today. We thank you that you are good. And the greatest sign of love that ever happened in the history of this planet was that your son came and died for us. Jesus, we love you. We thank you. You're so good. You're so faithful, so consistent. In your name, amen, amen. I believe that in, in, in humankind is that we have a deep desire to know the things of God, deep desire to know the depths of God, deep desire to know the mysteries of how how life is running, how the spiritual things and the physical things and the natural things. We have this deep desire within the center of us. The questions that we ask are not shallow questions. And there's a desire to know the things that we do not know. There's a desire to know the things that we cannot see. There's a desire to know the things that maybe aren't tangible to us in the moment. Paul is writing 1 Corinthians and he says this to them in this big dor- dissertation to the Corinthian church. He's challenging people that are challenging his belief about God and they're stirring up division in the church. They're trying to talk about who's the best preacher, who's the best leader. And they're creating divisions in the church and they're challenging the uh, theologies that Paul has laid the groundwork for. And he says this, I want you to see me as a servant of Christ Jesus and a steward of the mysteries of God, the steward of the mysteries of God. Get this, a mystery is this, a sacred secret that only God can reveal. Come on, that's good. I'm gonna say that one more time for those who didn't get it. A mystery is a sacred secret that only God can reveal. This is not something that knowledge can reveal. This is not something that, 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 that you know, philosophies of the world can reveal. This is not something that your friend can reveal on Instagram. A mystery of God is a sacred secret. Which means that it's holy, it's set apart, it's not just any secret, it's not just anything. It is a sacred secret that only God, through His Spirit, can reveal to us. So Paul is saying this, I am a steward of some sacred secrets. There's some things that God has revealed to me that I'm managing right now, that I'm stewarding right now, that God has put me in charge of, He has trusted me with some sacred secrets. He has trusted me with some sacred revelations. He has trusted me with some things. Why? Because he has found me trustworthy. The sacred secrets of God. The Apostle Paul is facing opposition and 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 what we would call these people as the Gnostics, is kind of the originating in Corinth. And the Gnostics had this belief, they would take a little bit of Christianity and a little bit of this religion, and a little bit of this philosophy, a little bit of humanism, and they would mix it all together and say, this is Christianity, this is the belief about the world. And one of the biggest things that they would say was that God was not attainable here. It was all about knowledge, that if you could gain knowledge and you could do these things, then you can attain some sort of connection with God, but it's not really a connection because it's very mysterious. It's very myth, you know, mythological. It's not, it's not a relationship. And they have been stirring things up in the Corinthian church, telling people that God is not a relational God, that God is not someone that you connect with, that God is just some mystic who's far away and, and life is very just. Dismiss- they're just kind of like the people who are like, whoa, you know, God's mystical, right? This is what's going on. It's mystical. It's not, it, 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 the mysteries of life can never be revealed to a mere mortal. It's all about knowledge. If you're just more intelligent, you know the philosophies, but you'll never actually come to the end. This is the same type of people that Paul was talking to in Acts 17, when he says, I walk through your temples and it says to an unknown God. He says, you talk all day, yet you do not know God is what he's saying. You philosophize all day. You have all the intelligence in the world, but yet you do not know God. And he finishes that chapter in Acts 17. He says, in him I live and move and have my being. Paul had some sacred secrets that he understood of how God works, how God moves, how God speaks. But there was this challenge in the church. People started buying in that maybe God isn't relational. Maybe God doesn't care about how I live. These are the same people that Paul writes in this same book saying, hey, I wanna give you meat, but I can't because you're not mature enough. I can only give you milk. They were mismanaging the mysteries of God. See, he wanted to give them more, but they couldn't. Why? Because they weren't stewarding what he had already given them. He had revealed some things about God and they're like, that's awesome. And he says, I want to give you more, but you can't handle it. See, the question is not is God revealing things? The question is, how are we stewarding what God is revealing? Sometimes we ask God, God, I need you to reveal more. I need you to speak. I need you to do this. I need you to do that. And we always put the demands on God. And God is saying, I have already revealed things to you, but you didn't manage it well yet. And until you can figure out how to manage the revelations I've already given you, I I, I can't trust you with more because you're not gonna be able to handle what I have to tell you. Now, I know this isn't popular, but this is the Bible, okay? Okay. So it's people in church who are saying, hey, you're not mature enough to get more yet. I want to give you more. I, I have a desire to give you more. And the mysteries of God are here and available by the Spirit. But yet the revelation isn't coming to us yet because we've mismanaged what God has revealed. So the question we should always ask ourselves, why is God not speaking? God is always speaking. How, what have you done with what God has spoken to you? What have you done with what God has revealed to you? To be a steward is a manager of the household. Jesus talks about stewardship almost more than anything in his life and ministry. Stewardship with money, stewardship with our gifts, stewardship with our time, stewardship with revelations. Jesus talks about stewardship. We always want more. And Jesus is saying, can I trust you with it? Everyone wants more money. Everyone wants a better marriage. Everyone wants, uh, you know, well, I want more friends. Well, how are you stewarding the friends you have? Are you mean? It's like, I need more friends and I'm going to be mean. And I'm going to be mean to everyone. Because that's why you have no friends. You didn't manage it well. How are we stewarding what God has already given us? How are we stewarding the things that God has already revealed to you? Jesus, if you are a believer, guess what? Jesus has revealed himself to you as Savior, as Lord, as King. What have you done with that? If you're a believer, the very Spirit of God is inside of you, wanting to transform you and, 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 and transform your thinking and your mind and your life. What have we done with the revelation that the very Spirit of God lives within us? What have we done with what God has revealed? See, the problem is, in church today, it's become about consumption rather than contribution, We want to consume revelations, but we don't want to contribute in the stewardship of them. God is trying to develop something in all of us, a relationship in which it's not just a pastor that has a revelation, but actually every single believer can walk in the mysteries of God. Every single believer can walk in the depth of God. Every single believer can understand the thoughts of God. I'm going to prove it to you in just a moment, but I just want to let you know I'm laying the groundwork. Everybody, each and every one of you, under the sound of my voice, if you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, have access to the Spirit of God, to the same mysteries that Paul was talking about, the same depths that Paul was talking about, but how are we managing them determines whether we walk in them or not. It's not whether or not you are more spiritual or how long you've been saved. It's about how are you stewarding what God has given you? How do we manage it? How do we steward it? So we're going to look at today, how do we steward or how do we manage the mysteries that God has revealed? Number one, In order to manage the mysteries, you have to understand this. God wants to reveal. He wants to reveal. First Corinthians 2.10 says this. These things God has revealed to us through the spirit for the spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. If you don't believe that God wants to reveal to you, then you won't ever walk in the revelation that God wants to reveal. God wants to show you the depths of himself. He's not withholding. He's not a mean God who's saying, oh, well, you know, I'm not going to give you this. No, he wants to with everything inside of him. God wants to show you that he is deep. He is not shallow. But at what level you interact with God is at what level you actually receive from God. So if we interact with God at a shallow level, guess what? We get a very shallow version of who God is. God is deeper than just our feelings, our emotions, and if church made us tingle this week, you know, guess what? God is a deep God, and you are an image bearer of God. All of us are. Guess what? That means that we are deep as well. We are not shallow beings. We are deep. We have depth, and it says this. We can't even understand the height, the width, the length, and the depth of God. God's depth is beyond our, our comprehension. God's depth is beyond our understanding. But God is a deep God, and he wants to reveal to you that he is deep. He wants to show you his depth. He doesn't want you to approach him at a shallow place. He doesn't want you to, he, he wants to show you, hey, I am deep. I'm not Shallow. But how we approach God or what we believe about God will determine how much we actually can walk in what he is available to us. So do you believe that God wants to reveal to you today? Do you believe that God is a deep God who wants to show you his depth? He wants to show you his character. He wants to show you his nature and that he's not withholding. I think one of the biggest reasons why we mismanage the mysteries of God is because we believe that God doesn't wanna show us them. God wants to show you. It's actually the opposite. If God didn't want to show you, he wouldn't have sent Jesus. If God didn't want to show you, he wouldn't have sent the Holy Spirit. But did you hear that verse? It says, only the Spirit of God can discern the thoughts of God. And guess what? You have the Spirit of God as a believer. So if you have the Spirit of God, guess what? You now have access to the thoughts of God. Come on. When Paul is talking about the mysteries, he is referring back to this verse. And he's talking about The depths of God. This is what he's referring back to. And you get get this. He says here, 1 Corinthians 2.16. He says, but we have the mind of Christ. Can you turn to your neighbor and say, we have the mind of Christ. Turn to your other neighbor. Say, you have the mind of Christ. Did you understand that language? He doesn't say, hey, you're going to have. Says, you may have. He says, no, you Do have the mind of Christ. So let me ask us today, how many of us actually live with the mind of Christ? This is the first understanding that God wants to reveal to you. He does want to reveal the mysteries. What's the mind of Christ? By the spirit of God, we can receive both both Christ's attitude and Christ's approach. So whatever's going on in your marriage, guess what? You have the mind of Christ. So you can have Christ's attitude and Christ's approach to your marriage. You can have Christ's attitude and Christ's approach to your family. You can have Christ's attitude and Christ's approach to your workplace. You can have Christ's attitude and Christ's approach to the people who have done you wrong. God has given you access not only to to just, well, I really feel good on Sunday and that message is good. That's awesome. But he has given you access by the spirit of God to the very mind of Christ himself. And he says, you have it. You have Christ's attitude and Christ's approach. So when you read the book of John and you see the eyewitness account of how Jesus handled things, guess what? You can handle them the same way. Not because you're more religious than everybody but because you've understood oh I have the mind of Christ. So when we're thinking, when we have a bad attitude and we have a bad approach we need to take a step back and say Spirit of God reveal to me the attitude and the approach of Christ in this situation because we are those who are called to live with the mind of Christ. And God wants to reveal it. He's not trying to withhold it. In fact, he says, I freely gave you the mind of Christ when I gave you the spirit of God. So in order to manage the mysteries, we have to understand this. God wants to reveal. We have the mind of Christ. But number two is this. The mystery is not about me. Ooh. You can understand that God wants to reveal to you all day. But when it's all about you, guess what? It, Limits God. I'm going to prove it. Don't worry. 1 Peter 4 verse 10 says, As each have received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God. Very uh, good stewards of God with very grace who speaks as one who speaks of an oracles of God, who serves as one who serves with the strength that God supplies in order that everything that God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to him be the glory, dominion forever and ever. Amen. Peter mismanaged a mystery. He did. There's this moment where Peter is with Jesus and all the disciples. And Jesus says, hey, who do people say that I am? And they say, some say Moses, some say Jeremiah, some say Elijah. And then Jesus says, who do you say that I am? Peter steps up and says, I got this. He had a, he had a mystery revealed to him because only God could reveal this. He says, you're Christ, the Son of the Living God, and then Jesus looks back on him and says, "Only God could reveal that to you." And on this rock, I will build my church. He had a mystery. Amen. He was like, "This is awesome." He had this. You love it when you have a revelation right in front of your church friends. Everyone's like, "Woo, amen!" That was good. That's everyone. All the disciples are like, "Way to go, Peter!" Man, I wish I was me. How's a word right there, bro? This is what happens. On this rock, I will build my church. And then Jesus says this, now it's time for me to go and die. What is he saying? Now it's time for me to give this mystery to the world. And this is what Peter says. No, 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 you can't. I won't let it happen. And then Jesus says this, get behind me, Satan. Woo, turn of events. Get behind me, Satan. Why? Because Peter wanted to keep the mystery for himself. Jesus wanted to give the mystery to the world. Anytime that we make something about us, we stop it right there. Anytime we make a mystery and a revelation, well, man, that was what I needed. No, no, no. It's not just to get to you, but it has to get through you. And the level in which we keep the revelations to ourselves is the level in which we limit what God wants to do in our life. God wants to reveal some depth to us, but we've actually stopped serving people and stopped giving it to people. And like I said, it's become consumption. So we consume revelations that are changing our life for the moment. But guess what? We're not actually then contributing them and giving it to the world. And so what we we do is we put a limit and a cap on the depth in which God wants to reveal. God only wants to reveal to those who are going to be a good steward. And a good steward in God's eyes is someone who gives it to other people. Peter mismanaged the mystery. Why? Because he wanted it for himself. This is not about us. It's about each other where we serve one another. Sunday mornings when we get this revelation, we should take this and then go talk about it and then uplift one another and pray for one another and lay hands on one another and say, come on, you can do this. We're gonna go after the deeper things of God. When we receive a revelation about who God is, who are we to hold it within? We should be going to our coffee shops, to our business places and preaching the gospel like never before because we have a mystery in which the world is crying out for, yet we have made it about me Did you read what Peter said in 1st Peter? He understood something now. Something something switched in him. Took a little bit for Peter. All right, sounds like some of us, okay? But he got it. He says this, "Each of you have received a gift or each of you have received a revelation from the Holy Spirit," okay? And to, and it's to serve one another as good stewards with varied grace. That word varied means this different channels of so it's, think of a channel or a river of. So when you serve one another with your gifts that God has revealed to you. So not everyone is gifted to be the preacher, which is okay. I'm not even that gifted to be the preacher. Just, I don't know what happens. I just get up here and the spirit of God takes over. Okay. So not all of us are gifted to do this and that. We all want to be, man, I wish I could be Sean and be the worship leader. My God. Woo. If I could sing, it's over. But I can't because God knows I'd be full of pride. Okay says this, the gifts that God has given you it will give out varied grace, which means it's every time you give the revelation that God has given you, it's a channel of grace that will go right into somebody's life. Think about it this way. It's like, you guys seen uh, Universal Studios when they open up the river and it flows through the set. That's what happens when you use your gift to serve one another. It's the spirit of God begins to flow into their life. So if you're a person who's gifted to intercede every time you pray, it's a channel of grace that begins to pour into somebody's life. If you are someone who is gifted to give and you have the gift of generosity and you want to, so guess what? It's not just money. You are opening up the channels of grace and they begin to flow into people's lives. We get the opportunity to flow the grace of God into people's lives. It's his varied versions of God's grace. So your gift is a version of God's grace and it should uplift the believers. It should strengthen the believers and your gift is not about us. Don't stop the flow of the channel of grace and by making it about us. The mysteries of God are not about us. That's the hardest thing about, about all of this is we want, well, I want to go deeper with God. Why? It's just to give it away. To open up that channel of very grace and say, okay, God, flow, flow through me more. What else can you give me? What else can you give me so I can give it away? But the moment we stop giving it away is the moment the depth stops. Is the moment that we stop, this is, the, this is the level of depth that we have chosen to walk in our relationship with God. I feel as if some of us have chosen a level of depth with God and we haven't gone deeper for a long time because we got comfortable with just, this is where I receive. And guess what? God is good and he'll still give you and you'll receive from it. But just know there's more depth to him because we will never get to the end of God, you never get to the end of his depth. You never get to the end of it. It doesn't matter how long we've been in church and how much we've served and how much we've given. We will never get to the end of it. So I want to encourage us today don't stop at any level of depth because there's more. There's more. Turn to your neighbor and say, There's more. All right, the keys can come on up. This is where I finish. This is crazy. I am finishing on time. Can you just live up an amen right now? Come on, in Jesus' name. Number one, God wants to reveal, He wants to. It's His desire, it's His heart. Number two, the mysteries are not about me. Number three, we have to be people of power. We have to be people of power. First Corinthians 420 says this, for the kingdom of God does not consist of talk, but it is in power. I'm gonna say that one more time. The kingdom of God is not one of talk, but it's one of power. The Apostle Paul finishes talking about the stewards of the mysteries of God. And he says this, number one, the kingdom of God is not all about how well you can talk. It's all about the power that's on display in your life. Because these people that are challenging Paul and saying, well, it's all about, you know, having good philosophy and good thought and all these things. He's saying, no, 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 no. That's good. And that's fine. But what it's really about is the power of God at moving your life. You want to know if you're managing the mysteries of God? Is the power of God flowing through you? Well, I don't know if I'm managing them. Well, is the power of God moving in your life? Power is defined by this, the capacity in which to accomplish something. God's capacity or God's power is he has the capacity to accomplish anything. But it's whether or not we give him the ability to operate in his fullest capacity because God doesn't, he's not gonna force his way through it. He says, okay, at what level of power do you wanna walk in? The kingdom of God is not about just looking good on a Sunday. It's about power. The kingdom of God is not just about being able to quote a Bible verse. It's just that Bible verse have power when you quote it. The Bible is powerful. God is powerful. He is all-knowing. He is all-powerful. He, all he is everywhere at every moment. He is powerful. The kingdom of God is not one of words, but it is of power. God has the power, the ability, the capacity. God's capacity is greater than our capacity. So why don't we surrender our capacity and say, okay, this is the power in which I've been trying to do this. God, now I give you the capacity to, to accomplish what you want to do. Some of us are trying to fix our marriage without the power of God. It's not gonna happen. Give God the capacity to do the things in your marriage that you could never do. Give God the capacity in your your heart that's been hurt by people, by church, the things that you just keep holding on to. God has power to to bring healing to unforgiveness, to bitterness, to anger. But are we giving him the ability to operate in his fullest capacity? When we're not in harmony with God's character, we cannot walk in harmony with God's power. I'm gonna say that one more time. In order to live in God's power, we cannot be in harmony. If we're not in harmony with God's character, we won't be in harmony with God's power. Now, this isn't about like character, behavior, modification. No, by the Holy Spirit... You can be transformed and operate in the mind of Christ, the attitude and the approach of Christ. You can be transformed by the renewing of your mind where your life and your character begin to mirror the image of God. So when there's things in our life that don't match up, we need to repent. Not because we're not going to heaven, it's because we're gonna limit the power in our life. God's saying, hey, align your character with mine again. Align your confession. Okay, Holy Spirit, been getting angry at my kids right now. I align my confession. Give me the power to be someone with patience. All right, Holy Spirit, let's do this. Step by faith. Woo, they're yelling again. Rio's got the crayons on the wall. Quincy's biting me again. God, help me, help me. Understand this. To walk in the character of God is to walk in the power of God. The power of God. Paul says this, I am not ashamed of the gospel for it has the power to bring salvation. For it is the power of God to bring salvation. How about Romans 8? The same power that raised Jesus from the dead will quicken your mortal body. Oh, you don't think God's powerful? You don't think God wants to move through your life? You don't think God wants to do miracles in your life? So the power of salvation, some of us have received the power of salvation, and we stop right there. Man, I'm so glad I got a hell free. Woo! But there's also the power of transformation. So that as the Spirit of God transforms us, guess what? The power of God is on display in your life. People are going to look at you and say, hey, uh, you should be so angry at the world, but you're not. It's the power of God. Man, you should be addicted and strung out. Remember, you used to be an addict. I know, it's crazy. I'm not anymore, though. Not because I've, I'm better, but because of the power of God. The power of God set me free from things. So when it says, you, those who know the truth, the truth shall set them free. You start walking in the revelation of freedom. And how are you managing that? Is it about you? Is it about, well, come on, look at me. No, I got to sow freedom. I got to open up the channels of grace. How can I sow that? Hey, you're an addict as well. Let me, let me pray over you. Let me walk with you. Let me stand. Oh, you're, you're, you're journeying through with anger and bitterness and, and you're mad at church and you're mad at life. Can I, hey, I walk through the same thing. Can I journey with you? Can I pray over you? I promise you this, the power of God moves when we move together. The power of God is here in this place. The kingdom of God is not what of word, but it's of power. imagine what would happen in our world if the church managed the mystery of the power of God better. On one side of things, we make it all about us and we just want everyone to know how powerful our prayers are and different things like that. That limits the power of God because it's about you. Or on the other side of things, we get so caught up in what people think about when we pray for them that we don't pray for anyone. And we're like, I'm not gonna do that because God, if God wants to move, he'll move. No, God says, I want you to move and let me meet you there. It's a step of faith. So God says, hey, can you pray for your barista? You're like, no, that's so weird. God says, no, 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 watch. My power is gonna move through you. I'm going to give you words to prophesy. I'm going to give you the words to pray. It says when you don't know the words to say, God will, the Spirit of God will give you the words to say. So some of us need to step out a little more. But imagine if we manage the mysteries where we knew that God wanted to reveal and we walked always looking for the revelation of God. You're walking in nature, you should look, oh God, whoo, that's you. Oh man, that's you. God, you're so good so good. You're sitting down having coffee with someone. You just start crying. They're like, what's wrong? I'm like, man, God's revealing that you're awesome. I'm thankful for you. Imagine how much more grateful we would be if we're always understanding that God's revealing to us. And then we understand that that mystery is not about us. It's not about me. It's about, it's about you. It's about serving. It's about giving. It's about being a channel of grace. I want to be known to be a channel of God's grace. Anytime someone had a conversation, man, I just felt God's grace, felt God's love. And then it says this, I want to be a person of power. I don't want to do things on my own capacity or my own ability, but I want to operate on the capacity and the power of God. Can we stand to our feet? Come on. And the power of God's in this room. He's all knowing. He's present everywhere and he's all powerful. This is what I want us to do. We are going to create space and ability for God to show off his capacity. If you would just say today, I want to see the power of God move in my life. Whether that's for salvation. Maybe you need to give your heart to Jesus today. Maybe that's just for some transformation. You need God to move in that way. Or maybe you're looking for a miracle. You're saying, God, I need to see your power move. If that's you, can you just lift both your hands in the air? I don't know about you, but I want to see the power of God move in my life. I don't... Oh, First Timothy says this. It says, they had a form of godliness, but they denied its power. I don't want to have a form of godliness, but not walk in power. Uh-uh. That's not what we believe. We believe that we are those who walk by the power and the grace of God. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. To watch our latest message, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. To stay connected, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at OC.